to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 to 44. As always, you can find more information about All Souls or sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. the first Sunday of Advent. Year after liturgical year, we begin preparing ourselves for Christmas, for the coming of the Christ child among us, with apocalyptic texts that would scare the pants off Buddy the Elf. (laughs) You see, the Christ that I know and love comes humbly, bearing peace and proclaiming justice. He's not a thief in the night, the way he describes himself in our reading from Matthew this morning. Of course, this is not to say that Jesus doesn't offer challenging teachings during his life and ministry, but those teachings tend to lean in the direction of fiery justice and not like, you know, thievery and rapture. The dissonance between the Christ we meet on Christmas and the Christ we meet today makes me wonder what, if anything, the two have in common. One common theme, I guess, would be the unexpected nature of their arrival. I myself am very familiar with the the way babies sometimes enter our lives at an unexpected hour. You You may remember, if you were here at All Souls around this time last year, that Phil had to cover for me for preaching on this very Sunday because I failed to report on account of my son McEwen making his grand entrance into the world about three weeks earlier than expected. Jesus, in this passage from Matthew, emphasizes this over anything else, that only God knows when the Son of Man will come. So we need to stay ready. He even goes so far as to remind his listeners of the way that the great flood in Noah's time caught the people unaware. So focused were they on their own debaucherous living. This, when you think about it, is an incredibly graphic image. If you remember the story from Genesis, you'll know that no one survived that flood except Noah and his family. And all those people caught unaware, they were swept away. So what exactly is Jesus getting at here in a practical sense? What does vigilance mean in Jesus' mind? Because I don't actually relate to the people of Noah's time, at least not in the way he describes them. I don't feel like I live a life of leisure where the only things on my mind are eating, drinking, and apparently going to a million weddings. (laughs) I actually feel like I'm quite vigilant. I'm constantly monitoring the news. I'm keeping tabs on local and national politics to the extent that I can. I'm keeping track of the church in the big C sense, paying attention to its numerical and arguably its spiritual decline. So if the issue is not whether I'm paying attention, then the question might be to who or what am I paying my attention? And are the things I'm giving my attention to leaving me vulnerable to missing out on Christ when he shows up? I want to take a slight detour out of this passage from Matthew and into our passage from Isaiah, because this reading offers us a glimpse of what we might be waiting for. Who might show up at that unexpected hour, which might help us figure out how to keep watch for them? Isaiah says that the one who's coming will arbitrate for the nations. They'll mediate for them so they no longer need their weapons. 
They'll beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. In other words, the one who's coming will completely transform the way in which human beings relate to one another. So if we're waiting for the one who will come and transform our weapons, our tools of destruction, into tools that bring life, how do we prepare to receive him? Jesus warns us to stay alert. But how can we stay vigilant and protect our house, but also at the same time be ready to hand over the tools that have brought us protection in this dangerous and unkind world? It seems like Jesus is asking, actually, something really, really hard. Jesus is asking us to take a long look inward and ask ourselves if the things that we're protecting, the things that we're clinging to for a sense of security, for our sense of self-worth, are actually serving us in preparing a way in our hearts for God to come in. Or are they clouding our vision, clouding our senses, is focusing on them actually distracting us from finding God in our midst. I'm not, of course, necessarily talking about actual weapons here. What I am talking about are tools for destruction, tools that tear down our own sense of worthiness, tools that come in between our relationships with God and with one another. For me, this often looks like overproduction of taking on way more than I should in so many different areas that I can't possibly slow down long enough to realize when and where God has shown up for me. I can sometimes look back later and figure it out, but mostly it just means that I miss her. God was right there with me, and I just rushed right by trying to make it to my next appointment or finish up some unnecessary task that I decided to take on just because I could. For some, this might be something like vanity or hyperfixation on making ourselves attractive. This can be a tool to gain power and influence in our society, but it's destructive to our own inherent sense of self-worth. And it engenders a belief that we're not worthy of love just as we are, a belief that separates us from God. Another tool might be a relentless pursuit of financial or professional success at the expense of relationships and generosity. Is having goals a bad thing? No, <laughs> not necessarily. But these pursuits are tools that, that lead to a belief that financial security or professional advancement are more important than contributing to the common good and sharing with others. This is antithetical to the reign of God and anathema to the one who comes to proclaim it. Another distracting tool to give us a false sense of security in a harsh world. These are weapons that we have fashioned for ourselves to help us navigate the here and now. And maybe they might seem innocuous at first, but over time, the more tightly we cling to them, the more focused we become on them, the more they start to harm us. The more they make us believe that true worthiness can be found anywhere other than in the open arms of Christ. They are the shiny new things that keep our attention diverted from being ready to welcome Christ into our hearts and minds. Essentially, what I'm suggesting is that maybe we are up late, watching for the thief who's coming in the night, staying vigilant, but maybe we're watching out the wrong window. 
guarding the wrong things. Maybe we're focused on guarding the things that bring us a a false sense of self-worth in a world that values appearances over self-love, a world that values money over community, a world that values success over generosity. And I think what Jesus offers us is a new idea of what it means to be vigilant. I want to ask you to close your eyes. Take a deep breath and consider this image. You're in the place where you live. And all around you lie the tools of destruction, the weapons that you've wielded against yourself. I want you to picture yourself gathering up those tools in your arms and walking them out into a shed in the yard. You gently place them down in the shed and you walk out, leaving the door open and unlocked. You return to your home where you're surrounded by warmth, by love. You're surrounded by the feeling that you're enough, just as you are. Your heart and mind are attuned to the presence of the divine in your midst. You're looking out the back window and you see the thief come and steal the tools that you've left in the shed. And you watch them carry the tools away, trusting that they will be beaten and melted down and transformed into something beautiful and life-giving. The vigilance that Jesus is asking for isn't just about being alert. It's about leaving ourselves open. It's about being attuned specifically to God's presence in our midst. It's about always being ready to receive God when she shows up, welcoming her into our hearts. We can't do that if we're clinging too tightly to the wrong kinds of tools. We can't do that if we're staying alert to the wrong kinds of things. We can't do that if we don't trust that God is up to something good even if we can't see it, or even if we don't know when it will be revealed.